guys, you're awesome. Okay, so we have this really awkward unbalance. So can we all come sit over here in the middle like family? Because it's like people, people, no one, and it's just weird. So if we could all just get close. We're family. Thanks so much for praying for us, guys. Seriously, we have been praying for Africa for so long. And we, like, I have to tell you guys that when there are just so many prayers going around, but I have to say, like, sp like what you guys, like, were praying out are things that we really feel for the trip, especially, Devin, like, what you're saying of the breaking of curses. Like, that's something that we have felt so strong um, for this trip. So it was just, like, hit. It hits with us. So we're excited. We leave on Sunday. So please pray for us because we need it. Uh, Sue and Danielle and I actually all got to, to go together last year. So we're going back. And Laura is coming with us. She's not here tonight because she's at her Bible study. But it's going to be awesome. Okay, I'm going to pray again because you can't ever pray too much. God, I just thank you so much for tonight. Lord, I thank you that um, you are just, you're here. God, you're, you're here in the midst of us, and we don't even, we don't have to beg for you to come because you're already here. So I thank you, Lord, that, that you're here, and I just ask, God, that you come in and that it would just completely be your words, God. Even if you change everything that was prepared, God, that it would be everything that you have to say. Lord, I thank you for what these hearts need to hear tonight. You're going to speak. And I just pray, God, that you would, um, that you just bless us, God, that you would just allow me to just hear what you're saying, God, and you just go forth, God, walking tonight in greater freedom than we than we walked in. So we lift it up to you, and we give it all to you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So I don't know if you guys check your Facebook or not, but we are doing a freedom series for the month of July. Woo! I'm so excited. Pastor Andrew was telling me about it, and I, like, when we were, we were having a meeting, he's like, okay, we're going to do a series on freedom. And I literally sat up in the chair, and I was like, you mean freedom? And he's like, yes, freedom. And I was like, okay, awesome. God, what do you want me to talk about? So, um... But first off, I'm going to kind of, I'm going to give you our theme verse. So our theme verse for this whole month that we're going into it is if Galatians 5, 1, and I'm reading out of the ESV and it says, for freedom, Christ has set, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. So that's where we're coming from this month, where we're all going to be coming from is this place of freedom. And we have been set free from Christ, and we're not supposed to enter back into yokes of slavery. We're not supposed to. God, Christ set us free on the cross, so we walk in that. And then sometimes we, we stuff happens or we have mentalities and we walk back into slavery and we're like dragging our ball and chain. Like, no, that's not how we were created to be. That's not how the way we were designed. And so... Um, we're going to walk, we're going to talk about true freedom. We're going to talk about true freedom isn't how the world makes us think. Uh, true freedom is knowing who you are in Christ and living apart from the confinements of man. It's not about what the world says freedom is. Freedom, I think that the world and America has painted this picture of freedom. And it's not necessarily, it's not what true freedom is. True freedom is knowing who we are in Christ and walking that out. True freedom is being able to be like, I can be as weird as I want because Jesus loves me and Jesus affirms me. And, and I'm not about what everyone else's approval says. I'm about what Jesus says. So like there's that song. I don't know. How many of you were youth group kids? Yes. Okay, did anyone remember the song Undignified? Yeah. Yes. I love that song. Like, it's like, I will dance, I will sing to be mad for my king. Nothing, Lord, is hindering this passion in my soul. And I become even more undignified than this. Yeah, and you just, like, dance around and get crazy. And that's what I think of when I think of freedom, like, being undignified and being, like, dancing like we're crazy because, like, we're free in Christ. Like, the sun has set us free. 
So um, tonight I want to talk, kind of hone the idea of freedom in a little bit, and I want to talk about freedom for your identity. We live in a place where so much stake is based on what man says and what man thinks and man's approval, and that's not where our identity comes from. Uh, we're not because, oh, because my work said this or because who I am or whatever it is. It's not has anything to do with what you do. Freedom has everything to do with what's been done for you. It's nothing what you can do. Like, it's not by work so that none may boast. You can't earn your freedom. You can't, like, go and do anything for it because it's already been done for you. We just have to realize that. We have to say, okay, I'm willing to walk in the freedom that God has for me. It's following in the steps of Jesus. And society puts a limit on our identity. Society tells us that, okay, the media says that you're going to find satisfaction when you have a really great job and you get paid a lot of money. Or, or your identity is going to be in your relationship. Or your identity is going to be in how many schools you went to. Or any of these different things. And not that any of those things are bad. It's just not where we have to get our identity from. Because the things of this world are going to pass away. And then where is it going to stand? If, you, if we are like Job, where everything were to get taken away from us, would you still have your identity in who God says you are? Like, I want to be able to say that, okay, God, if you take my job away, if you take my friends and my family, if you take away everything I've ever worked for, if I never get to live out my full calling in ministry, God, I still have my, I'm still your daughter, and nothing about my mindset changes because I know who you say I am. And I love the second part of the verse where it says, do not again submit to a yoke of slavery. Because we have to make a conscious decision to realize we think things sometimes that kind of enslave us and say, okay, I'm not going to go back to that. We, we can pray these prayers of freedom and say, I'm going to break through this and I'm going to get breakthrough of that. And by the time Sunday comes around again, we did the exact same thing. And that's walking back into that yoke of slavery. But we have the ability to say, okay, I'm going to choose not to. And even though it's hard to not go over there, I'm going to choose it because I know that I'm worth more than that. And that's not what my identity is in. I'm set free. I don't have to go back to that. I, the one thing that I feel like God really wanted us to say tonight is our identity has literally absolutely nothing to do with the world and everything to do with God. It has nothing to do with what people are saying around you. And that make, can I tell you, it makes me feel so much better. Like, I can go to work, and uh, I work at Panera, for those of you who don't know, and I love it. I love my job, but I could totally fail. I could fall flat on my face. I could have somebody yell at me, and I could leave at the end of the day feeling defeated, or I could say, okay, God, I made a mistake. This is how I'm going to make it better, but it doesn't change who I am because you, you are the one who I identify with. You are the one who I can stand there and have somebody correct me because I made a mistake at work, which is totally true because we all make mistakes. And, okay, I'm going to work on that, but I'm not going to, like, wallow in I'm a terrible person because this is not where my identity is in. Like, I made a mistake, and, and I need to have correction because that's totally valid, and we do, but that's not who I am. That's, like, that's not who I am. God, I am the daughter of God, and he loves me whether I make a mistake or not because I make mistakes. So... Um, if we're in bondage, if we're in slavery, if we need freedom, we have to have been put into something that we need freedom from, right? So you don't just like, I need freedom, well, what are you, what's chaining you? So we're going to, because it's Thursday, we're going to throw back Thursday. Eh, eh. So we're going to go back to where it all started. So point number one is back to the garden, because that's where it all started was in the garden. That's where ultimately our identities became unsla enslaved and we needed some freedom. So, we all know the story of mankind, right? So, God created the heavens and the earth, and he created Adam and Eve. 
And we were created in freedom. God didn't create us in bondage. He created us in freedom. And how do we know this? Because Genesis 2.25 says that the man and his wife were naked and unashamed. And I think people look at this and they look at it as a marriage thing. But look at the word naked. The word naked, and I'm going here, said it, it means like it stood, it means that they stood before God and there was literally nothing between them, right? So there was nothing between. So the Hebrew word for naked also means bare, and that means unconcealed and undisguised. So that meant that they stood before God naked and unashamed. So they stood before God incomplete of who they were and their identity, and they stood before each other that way. So they meant that everything about them in their hearts, who they were, was completely laid bare before God, completely laid bare before the other person, and they were not ashamed of it. They were uh, good with who they were. They were completely made in this image of freedom. They didn't know what bondage was. They didn't know what bad things were. They didn't know what it was to not know who they were because they were created by God. So I want to look at where that kind of came to, like, falling (laughs) at the fall of man. So they walked in the fullness of their identity without shame and without fear of judgment or wrath. They walk around who God created them to be just as they were doing their thing. And they let the enemy come in and deceive them because that's what he does. He's the deceiver. And so, you know, they're Eve is walking around in the garden and God has already told them, like, you can have whatever you want. Everything is yours. Just don't eat the tree at the center of the garden. Don't eat the fruit from the tree at the center of the garden. That's what, that's what he told them. That was their limit. That's the one rule you have to follow. That seems, you would think that seems fairly simple, but the devil's the deceiver. So he says to the woman in Genesis 3, 1, he says, he said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So what is the first thing the devil do to cause Eve to doubt who she is? She causes her to doubt her creator. If we... Our identity is everything to do with knowing God. So our identity, when we know who God is and when we have like, okay, God, this is who you are, that means you say who I am and when we trust him, right? Because our parents probably know us best of anybody. I mean, they raise us. And and when our parents say something to us, it it affects us sometimes the most, in a good or bad way, because they know us the best. So God was their creator. So that, okay, I know God and I know his heart and I know his affirmation, his words mean the most to me. So the first thing that the devil does is cause her to doubt him. That's the first thing. Did he actually say that to you? Did he actually say that? And then he says, well, no. Be- well, this is why. So she causes him to doubt. So she, he plants a seed of doubt, and then he grows it by saying, well, because he knows that you're going to become like him. He makes her think like, oh, God's afraid of competition or whatever. But that's not. That is so not who he is. So then, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. The eyes of both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. So this thing that God said, don't touch, don't do, ignore it. They probably never thought about it until the devil reminded them about it. So they probably, it's this thing that they're like, okay, God said not touch it. I'm going to walk around. I'm going to do my thing. And then suddenly the devil says, oh, what about that? Remember that? Remember that? Don't you want that? 
but God, no, that's not what I'm supposed to have. No, you want that. Like this thing, like, and then suddenly it says, and suddenly it was became desirable. It was a delight to the eyes. So this thing that they didn't even care about anymore because they believed a lie suddenly became desirable. Okay, think of that in the terms for us, in terms of like a relationship, okay? Oh, dang, that guy's cute. God said, no, okay, I'm gonna walk away. The devil says, oh no, but remember he's cute? Oh no, remember she's cute? No, but God said, no. Oh no, but look now. And then suddenly you're like, oh, like, you know, like, <laughs> and then everything changes. Like, and that's not how it's supposed to be because you let the devil deceive you. Like, we're, we make mistakes, it's a part of who we are, but, like, they Eve allowed the devil to deceive her by, by believing that lie for just a second, and all it takes, give him an inch, he'll take a mile. And then, and says, the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together, and they made themselves loincloths. So what is the first thing they do after their eyes are opened? They hide themselves. They already had been before God naked and unashamed. He's already seen it all. He already knows it all. So why do they feel like they need to cover themselves? That's the first thing that they do is hide themselves from God and from each other. Like they were married. They didn't need to hide anything from each other. And they did because they were ashamed. So the devil comes in. He b we believe this lie. And then suddenly we become we ashamed of who we are. And we feel like we have to hide who we are. We feel like we have to say, oh, I, I thought my joke was funny, but they didn't laugh. So now I'm embarrassed. So now I'm not going to tell a joke again. And now I'm going to introvert this thing and I'm going to have a problem. Or what about like, okay, no big deal. It was a joke and we move forward. Like, I'm just saying that because it's happened to me, okay? <laughs> so I know what it's like for people not to laugh at your jokes, but I think I'm funny. And now I'm okay with that because the Lord has moved me forward. <laughs> so there you go. Um, but I just... I also just think it's interesting that, so the tree is supposed to give them wisdom, right? That's, oh, suddenly they have this newfound wisdom. Well, that wisdom is what they said, oh, now you need to hide who you are. It wasn't any wisdom at all. It was saying, okay, now I'm going to be ashamed and I need to hide myself. I need to cover myself from God and from them and from each other. They realized that they were exposed. Shame and doubt entered their lives and it was never meant to. We were never meant to walk with shame and doubt. That is not how we were created. That is not how you were created. Yes, we were all born after the fall. We, were, we are not Eve. We are not Adam. But you were not created to walk in shame and doubt. That is not God's intention for your life. And we have to say, okay, I'm willing to walk away from those chains of shame and doubt and walk into freedom. And even though it's scary, because maybe we've carried those chains around for a long time and we're used to them and we don't even notice, but you are going to be so much freer when you walk away from that. Like, we have to leave it behind. We have to leave it behind. So they made a mistake. They tie themselves to their mistake instead of the truth of what they already knew. Because think about it. They walked with God naked and unashamed. They walked with God before. Like it wasn't like they were created and then they fell. There was a time before. Do we know how long? I don't because I'm not a Bible scholar. But there was a time beforehand <laughs> where they walked with God, right? <laughs> okay. So like that means that they knew who they were. But suddenly they make a mistake, and instead of going, oh, shoot, I messed up. God, I'm sorry. I know this is what you told me not to do, but okay, Lord, will you forgive me? Like, I wonder if things would be different if that was how they'd walked in their identity instead. But instead they chose to believe the lie, the one little lie or their entire identity of truth that God had already given them. They'd already been given their identity. They already had been no told who they were, and they choose to believe the one lie and the one mistake instead. So the very next thing they do after they hide themselves is they hide themselves from God. And they hear, him, they hear him walking in the garden and they hide themselves from the presence. And this is what is just, God is so great because he doesn't call them out. He totally, he already knew what had happened. God is all knowing. He already knew what had happened. He could have walked in the garden and said, 
where are you? Like, I know that you're hiding there behind the things and you sin. He could have totally called them out on their sin. He could have identified them with the mistake. He could have identified them with the, the choices that they made, but instead he still identified them with his, as his son. So he chooses to wait for us to come to him because he could have sought them out, but instead he asks. So in Genesis 3, 9, it says, but the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? He asked him where he was. He said, where are you? He didn't, he already knew, God knew, but he decided to, to, he honored him and said, okay, where are you? I want you to come to me. I'm not going to embarrass you. I don't want you to feel like you're ashamed. I'm going to protect you and love you and care for you because you're my son. Where are you? What's going on? Why have you hidden from me? Because he also knew that he didn't create them to hide from him. He didn't create them to be hidden. And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden. And, and so this is where Adam's saying, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. I also love that Adam didn't lie. Adam totally could have come up with some story. Oh, sorry. You know, I was, I was planting some seeds. I was doing whatever. Like, you totally could have come up with this thing. But he didn't. He just automatically was like, okay, Lord, like, I messed. I, I know I'm naked, and, and I have to hide from you because I'm, I'm afraid. And God doesn't automatically rebuke him. God doesn't, God doesn't condemn him. God says, who told you that you were naked? Who told you that I wasn't enough for you? Who told you that who I said you were wasn't enough? Who told you that you're not enough as just the way you are? Why are you hiding who you are? Who told you that? Who told you that? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? God's first words to them are not cruel and condemning. His first words to them are, why are you covering up who I created you to be? Why are you hiding who we are? And you know what? That's what God does for us, guys. Like, when we're struggling with something, God doesn't come at us with condemnation and hatred and, like, making us feel like we're this big. God comes at it and says, why are you hiding who I created you to be? Like, this is who I made you. Why are you condemning yourself? Like, you know, why are you hiding in the corner instead of being who I made you to be? That's not who you are. He created us, like, think of it this way. Like, okay, you walk into a room and you feel uncomfortable. And so we, like, because I was the kid and I was the kid in the beginning of youth group before I became the crazy one, they would hide in the corner and be by myself. And, like, but why, but why are we alone? God created us to be in community. Why are you taking yourself away from the people who are going to love and care about you and keep you accountable? Like, I, I want, why are you hiding who you are? I want them to see you because I'm proud of you and I want people to see who I created. He's proud of you. Do you know that? He is proud of who he created. He's proud of you and he loves you just the way you are and he wants people to see that. He wants people to realize that and say, okay, like, this is, and he wants to, he would like put all, if he could, if that was possible, he'd stand each and every one of you up on stage and tell you, this is my daughter, this is my son, and this is what's so incredible about them and I love them so much. Like, he would parade us in front of everyone because that's how much he cares about us. Or some of us who don't like to be in front of people, he wouldn't parade you. He would protect you. But just saying, that's how much he loves you. The devil caused shame and doubt to creep in, and they were afraid to show their true selves and their mistakes. The devil doesn't just choose to limit, the devil doesn't just limit our identity in trusting God, but also what we show ourselves to others. Think about in your friendships, okay? Think about maybe when you're going through something, we tend to kind of run and hide from people. Like if I'm battling with something and we make a mistake, we do just what Adam and Eve is, is and we run away because we don't want people to see that we're messing up. So many times, like, I can't tell you, like, I've battled with stuff and then I keep it to myself because I'm like, oh, I'm a leader. I can't have problems. 
I was just telling my Mozambique this team, team this yesterday. I was like, so many times I have this like mentality, like, oh, I need to suffer alone and I need to put up this front because I'm a leader and people can't know that I'm struggling. That is a total lie. Let me tell you, that is a lie because this is this is who I am. Like, I make mistakes and God doesn't judge me from them. He loves me because of them because Jesus took the judgment for me. Like, that's not who we are. We're not supposed to run and hide and cover ourselves up. We're supposed to say, okay, this is what I'm going through. Can you help me? James says, confess your sins to one another so that you may love each other and build one another up. Like, I'm looking at Danielle and Susan because, like, I can go to them and be like, guys, what do I do? And I'm going to cry because I'm like, anyways. But, like, and they can be like, okay, like, I love you and I support you. Let's go. And they can, like, pick me up on either side and, like, okay, let's go run at this thing. Like, that's what your friendships are for. Like, that's what community is for. You're supposed to have people around you that you can, who can turn to you and say, okay. <laughs> I'm the wrong person to look at right now, let me tell you. Anyways, I'm sorry, Africa joke. Lord, okay. Okay, the enemy loves to lie to us about him. It's what the devil did to Adam and Eve. God, God, the enemy caused them to doubt God's intentions. He caused them to question the character of God and to where, um, to where they were under the lie and, and they, that they were no longer safe before him. He caused them to believe a lie that, okay, I can't expose all of myself to God. I need to hide under these fig leaves. <laughs> he wants, he created us. He already knows everything about us. We don't have to hide from him. We don't have to hide from him. He holds all of the answers. He holds all of the plans. We're not designed to be under that yoke of slavery. We're not designed to, to hide under our problems and to hide under our chains and to say, I identify myself with this. You're supposed to identify yourself with freedom. You're supposed to identify yourself with being able to walk unashamed of who you are. So what does that kind of look like in modern day? What spins lies to us? The devil, and I have to tell you this, the devil is like, is dumb, but he uses the same trick that he did in the beginning of the Bible. He causes us to doubt God. Like, he doesn't pull out new tricks out of his hat and say, oh, look at this one. Like, he uses the same tricks he's used since the beginning of time. He has nothing new. He can't pull any wool over our eyes. Not unless we let him. So he uses the same thing. He causes us to doubt God by how? By friends, by relationships, by the media, by family. He causes this doubt. Oh, did God really say that about you? Did God really call you there? Are you sure you're supposed to go to Africa? Are you sure you're supposed to go to uh, the Philippines? Are you sure you're supposed to go to school here? Are you sure that's what God said? And he's going to cause, all it takes is a little bit, and like you give him an inch, he takes a mile. So with those things, the media tells us what to wear and how to act. The media says, okay, this if you dress this way or you act this way or you look at this or you do this or whatever, that's, when you're, that's where your identity comes from is that stuff because then you're cool, then you're accepted or whatever. Your friends, they can peer pressure you into thinking, okay, this is what I have to do to be accepted. Your relationships, they have, um, we have to receive love and acceptance from other people. That's a huge lie that we fall under. We're not supposed to identify ourselves with somebody else. We're supposed to identify ourselves with God. Like whoever you end up with in your life, they're going to be a blessing to you and they're going to be an addition to your life, but they are not who you are and don't make them because that is a burden on them that they do not deserve to carry and you don't deserve to carry it for that other person. Just saying. And family, sometimes our family puts not negative connotations on us. Like they are not perfect. Like I love my parents, but they're not perfect. Your parents aren't perfect as awesome as they could be or as, as, as not awesome as they could be. They play an effect on our lives and how we see ourselves and our identity. But here's the thing, is the devil spins all these lies. The devil will use all kinds of different things to deceive us, to cause us to doubt who we are, to cause us to doubt who God is. But he forgot about Jesus. 
come on. John 8, 36. So if the son liberates you, makes you free men, then you are really and unquestionably free. I love that. Unquestionably free. That is awesome. Like, okay, Jesus set me free, so I don't have to doubt my freedom anymore. I accepted Christ as a kid, and I can, like, walk in freedom for the rest of my life because I know who God says that I am. I don't have to submit myself back to this yoke of bondage and then get free again and then do it again and go back and forth with this thing. No, it's once. You say, okay, God, I give you my life. I surrender everything to you. I'm free in you, and now you can walk in that. That is your inheritance is freedom. You get to walk in the freedom of God. So how do we get there? How do we get from, okay, this is, this is my mindset. I understand that I have things that are submitting to me, like causing me to have a ball and chain around my ankle because we know that the devil tries to put us in bondage. So how do we shift that as we change our mindset? So that's number two, if you're taking notes, changing your mindset. And for that, we can't use any other verse than, well, maybe Romans 12, 2. <laughs> Do, do, um, I'm coming from NLT. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. God's will for your life is good and it's pleasing and it's perfect. We're not supposed to walk like the world. We're not supposed to look like the world. We're supposed to act like who God, who Jesus is. We are the example of Jesus on this earth. That means that we get to walk in the footsteps that he did. That means that we get to walk exactly who he created us to be. That means that everything that Jesus did, we get to do, which is super cool. Personally, I'd like to walk on water, or I'd like to stand at the boat, in front of a boat and calm a storm. And I know it would be Jesus in me not doing it, but it would be so cool to get to do that. I'm just saying. So we have to allow our mindsets to shift off of what the world says and onto what God says. We have to change this. We have to voluntarily say, I'm going to rethink what I've been taught and I'm going to force myself into thinking this way. So we've grown up with the world's view of things because that's just our society and that's the way we live in. And unless you grow up under a rock, you have an influence from the world on the things that you think. So how do we do that? So 2A, realize that it's not about anything you do, but what has all about what has been done for you. I just love that. I'm going to say that again. It's not about anything that you do, but it's about, about what's been done for you. Like, it's about what Jesus did on the cross for you. That is where everything comes from. And in the midst of when you feel like you're losing who you are, you're questioning, all you have to do is close your eyes and think of what Jesus did at the cross and be like, oh, yeah, that's who I am. He took all of it right there, and I don't have to worry about it anymore. So we... And it's, it's not about work so that none may boast. So it's not about how awesome or not awesome of a speaker you are. It's not about how great a prophetic word you can give. It's not about how many people you can pray for to get healed. It's not about work so that none may boast. It's not about your job. As much as I love my job, and I have found myself struggling with this too, like I've had huge favor and the Lord has promoted me and I'm so honored and I love it, but it's not who I am. And I can't put my identity in it because it's going to go away someday and I'm not going to be there for forever. And I'm going to be lost because I don't know what it's like to who I am outside of Panera. No, like I'm who God said I am. He's put me in here for a season, but it's not who I am. It's not about your relationships. I said that before. It's not about your relationships. It's not who they, who they say you are it's not about how you identify yourself with them and this is a big one because I feel like a lot of us have this heart and it's not about who you are in ministry it is not about who you are in ministry who you are is not in your calling it's about who made your calling who you walk in your calling it's <laughs> yeah come on 
it's not about that. Like, and that is another thing that I have to, to battle with too, just being real. Like I have a huge heart to do ministry someday. Like, yes, I would love to be 20 years from now preaching on a big stage in front of people. Like I would love that. I want to travel to every single nation I can possibly get in in my next 80 years of life because I'm going to live to be 100. I'm just saying, maybe, unless I die a martyr, which would be cool. But I'm sorry, random thoughts tonight. Just, you know, when you go to Africa, you're getting ready to go on a mission trip, you're just kind of excited. You get sidetracked. Okay. But it's not about who you are in ministry. Like, if God, <laughs> if everything were to get taken away, like, if, if you were to lose ministry, if God were to suddenly say, okay, this is who, like, I, like, okay, I want to go to the mission field. And if God were to tell me tomorrow, no, you're not going to Africa anymore, you're going to stay here. I would have to obey that and not for the fact that I'm in my identity was in that. Like, okay, like I have to shift my mindset that it's not about going to Africa. It's about who God told me that I am. You know, like if he says, okay, Emily, I want you to walk away from all of this and I'm, you're going to go uh, be a lawyer, which is like the farthest thing from my mind. I'd have to be like, okay, my identity was not in my ministry. My identity is in my God. And I can walk away from that in peace, knowing that, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. I thought this was my calling. I thought this was who I was supposed to be. And I put everything in it. But no, God, okay, you want me to go be a lawyer? God, I'll go be a lawyer. Or what, whatever it is in your life. So 2B, another way that we change our mindsets, and this is big, is realizing that it is so okay to struggle. Can I just tell you it is okay to struggle, but it's what you do with your struggle that defines your shift. It is okay to have struggles. We all do. And that's what I want to read um, from Romans. It's a, it's, it's a bit, but this is like, Paul is like struggling. <laughs> and I just love this. It's, I have discovered this principle of life. It's Romans 7. That when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. <laughs> I love God's law with all my heart. But there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is documented by sin and death? Thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. So now, chapter 8, verse 1, so now there is no condemnation to those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the peer of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving us his son as a sacrifice for our sin. Come on. If that doesn't make you happy, I don't know what does. He did this so that we just, so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. We do not have to follow sin. I don't have to be defined by what sin has done in my life. I don't have to let sin wreck my life. I can walk in the spirit and I can walk in the freedom of Jesus Christ because that's who he's called me to be. And that is who you are called to be. You are not called to walk in condemnation. You're not called to walk in your sin, to be identified with your sin. You have been set free. You have been set free because what Jesus did at the cross. Like it once was enough. He didn't have to go to the cross five times, guys. He went once for all of humanity, past, present, and future. That's a lot of sin on one man at one point in time but it was enough that means that that is enough for you in your life and some of you need to stop telling yourself that it wasn't enough because it's enough 
It is enough for you. Jesus is enough for you. 2C, the battle was already fought for you. The battle was already fought and won. You don't have to fight your own battles, okay? You don't. Jesus already beat everything ahead of time for you. He won. Can I give you the ending of the book? You win. He wins. End of story. Devil doesn't win. Devil doesn't get a hold of it. 1 Corinthians 15:57. But thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Our identity is made complete and totally safe in Jesus because he took it all. That is something that is so reassuring to me is that I can be completely safe with him. Because it's scary, like, telling people more of who you are that, like, maybe they haven't seen it before, like, being vulnerable in front of people is scary. Like, it is, and that's okay, because like I said before, it's okay to struggle, it's okay to deal with this stuff, but I can know that I can go to Jesus and be like, okay, Lord, I'm scared, I feel this way, help me, and he, I'm safe in him. I can tell him all of my deepest, darkest secrets, I can tell him all of my weird, silly thoughts, because the Lord knows that I have them. Like, we can be goofy as we want in front of him, and we're safe. That means it from both ends of the spectrum, because we all have a weird side, especially if you come to Summit. Let me tell you, we are not afraid to be who we are, and I love that. But you have to remember that it's okay. Like, if you, like, want to be like Ben and do backflips, like, he knows that he's safe in Jesus, because, and his identity is not in, like, whether or not everyone approves of his backflips. It's in because, okay, you can do it, because I know who Jesus said I am, and I have the approval of my pastors. Please keep that in mind. Okay. Our identity is made, I'm just saying, our identity is made complete and totally safe in Jesus. Okay, mm. so we know that we were put into bondage. We know that at the beginning of time, the devil completely just tried to hijack our identity and mess us up from the beginning, from you know, the first set of time. And we know that we have to change our mindsets away from that. We have to make conscious decisions to believe what God says and to believe the truth of the Bible and what Jesus did on the cross and not the lies of the world and not the lies of the devil. So we know what happened. We know what we have to do. So what's next? Live it out. That's number three. Live it out. Not going back to the old ways of slavery, not submitting back to our old ways of thinking and being conscious of our mindsets and decisions. Now, this means a little bit of discipline in our lives. That means that, like, that uh, fruit of the spirit, self-discipline, self-control, that one, you know, the one that's at the end that we all kind of pretend is not there, self-control, <laughs> just saying, like, well, that's okay, you know what, oh, man, I, you know, I'm just going to use, this is the first example that came to mind, like, I, maybe, you're, I'm a smoker, like, I'm a smoker, I'm not, this is who I am, I smoke, like, okay, but like, oh, I want to get free from that, so I'm going to walk over here, oh, but I really want a cigarette, oh, that's right, I'm a smoker, so I'm going to take five steps backwards, and I'm going to have a cigarette, no, Jesus said that I'm not, Jesus said that I'm made free, so I need to make a conscious decision to go with the mindset and the truth, and I'm going to go this way, I'm going to keep going forward instead of going backwards, do not submit yourselves again to a yoke of slavery. Do not submit yourselves again underneath that bondage that you were set free from. James 4, 47. Don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Do you think the scripture has no meaning? They said that God is passionate that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. And he gives grace generously. As the scripture says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Sometimes I think we think, 
okay, well, that's great what you're saying, but I don't know that that worldly mindset's not that bad. That's okay, I can do that. It says right here, don't partner with the world because it makes you an enemy of God. Like even, like I said, you give the enemy an inch, he'll take a mile. Like there's things that, I'm not saying that everything that the world says is bad because it's not because God is here. But this sometimes we have to like choose to, okay, maybe this is okay, but that's not okay. No, don't even like, don't blur your line. Just stay away from the line. Like don't blur what you think is okay and what's not okay. Just stay away from it. Like why are you going to even like risk what you're going to do? Or oh, maybe if I just put a toe over the line then it's okay I won't get that wet well a car is going to drive by as you step in that puddle and you're going to get splashed and then now you're suddenly dealing with this thing like uh, we can we can avoid that so it's we need to shift our mindset to that we have to live it out showing that you are free causes other people to be able to access the same freedom choosing to admitting okay i struggled with this but now god has set me free now god has has taken me from a yoke of bondage into his freedom and this is what i've dealt with causes other people to be free it's important to share what you've been through and yes like be discerning about what you share and how you share it of course but like it brings breakthrough to other people i can't tell you how much like i've heard stories of like and then maybe the person doesn't even know what i'm going through and they share their breakthrough with me and i'm like whoa so much freedom because of what you're just saying or look at and you know what sometimes you can take your struggle and it completely and in the midst of your struggle choose god and choose to fight your way out of it and it completely shifts people's lives like, I don't know, I don't know if anybody knows who this is, but her name's Krista Black Gifford. Does anyone know who that is? No, she's a, she's, <laughs> she's a musician. She's been with Bethel. She's, she's like a, she's a speaker. She has a huge women's ministry. She's been a part of like the Bethel's worship team and writing a lot of their songs and stuff. Well, she, um, I was l reading something on Facebook that took me to her blog and she lost her daughter. She went full term, had no idea that her daughter had this crazy thing and her daughter lived for 40 minutes after she gave birth and that was it. And it broke her and her husband. But in the midst of that situation, instead of like being, okay, I'm gonna like be bonded by my grief and I'm gonna blame God and I'm gonna like put all this stuff, I'm gonna choose to walk in freedom and breakthrough for my life. And she's like, God, and then so she has this crazy testimony story. Like if you Google her name i'm sure you'll find it of how god has completely turned the situation around they now have another daughter like they're now walking in complete breakthrough like and she's writing a book because she wants everyone to know about what god can do in the midst of your grief because she wants them to receive freedom so they don't have to walk in that like that's just one example of like what we can do with our breakthrough that can share people like i'm going to choose to be free because of this and so now i'm going to tell you about it so you can get free because it's like there's the power in testimony like if, if i can get it you can get it there's nothing about us that's any different other like other than we look different like we are the, the same god we have the same ability we have the same spirit we have the same jesus so we can get the same breakthrough another reason that it's important that we get breakthrough is because how you view yourself, if it's tainted and you don't have a good grasp on who you are, it's gonna taint the way you view other people. Like if, if I have an askew way of the way God views me and I don't have this clear way of, okay, God says this, God says that, then I'm gonna have a hard time when someone else gets breakthrough or when I'm dealing with someone else. Like it, it maybe you're going after this promotion and you get it and then someone next to you gets the same promotion and suddenly you're mad at them. But they didn't take anything away from you. They got a promotion too, but why are, are, are we jealous? Because like they got one too and you're afraid they're gonna get better than you or wh whatever it is. Like, like we have to know like it's gonna, it taints our view of people. 
And, and so, okay, I'm going to know who my creator is. I'm going to know who he says I am so that I can have a clear view of people, who people are. So that I'm not going to put stuff on them that, that, that's not there. I'm not going to condemn them with something that's not actually theirs to deal with. That was my own thing. So I just want to take a couple of minutes, um, and I want us to, like, to, just to kind of think about this in our life. We're going we're, um, we're to take a minute, just kind of give you an overview of what's happening. The band's going to come up. And I want us to just take a couple of minutes, and I want us to ask the Lord, and I'll lead you through it in a minute, what are some lies in our lives that we're believing? What are some lies that we're going through about our identity that we're believing? And then we're going to ask God what the truth is. And then at the end, I want us to get up and we're gonna, they're going to play No Longer Slaves again and we're going to dance like crazy mad free people because that's who we are. Because we're not by our lies. We're not by this. We're not submitting ourselves to a yoke of bondage and slavery, but we're walking in freedom because that's who Christ created us to be. That's who our identity is in. And, and sometimes we just got to shake it off a little bit. Sometimes we got to run around and feel a little undignified. We got to run around, be a little crazy and shake it off to remember that it's okay to be like that because the God, I'm okay. I'm going to dance like a crazy person because it doesn't care if anyone thinks that I'm crazy or not because God said I'm his daughter and I'm complete in him and that's enough for me. We make him enough. So I want us to just close our eyes and just to take a moment and just say, Lord, what is a lie about my identity that I'm believing? And just let him and just let him speak to you for a minute. So now I want you to ask him, okay, God, what is the truth? Replace this lie with your truth. God, what, do you, what is your truth? What do you say? 